<laughs> I just hit the recording button. That's, what that's, timing? That's, that's ridiculous. Anyways, uh, welcome back, guys. Have with me Leanne Beasley, um, who's joining me from sunny Copenhagen this uh, this afternoon, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you for inviting me. Great to be here. Absolutely. So, how was your day? It's been excellent. Yeah. So we're here at Tech Barbecue uh, in Copenhagen. It's a two-day tech conference, and it's awesome. Yeah. Amazing speakers. I've met so many amazing people. There's so many cool startups in the region that are exhibiting here, and you're know, just kind of mingling in the crowd, talking to people. It's it's great. <laughs> Looks like you're having fun. So, so how was you had a you had a short talk yesterday? I uh, did, yeah. Yeah, about the culture of a remote team. So yeah, building culture a remote team. Okay. So what was the for someone who wasn't there? Uh, what, <laughs> what was the biggest take takeaway from that? I guess the biggest takeaway is that culture is not a handbook. It's literally the way people work, communicate, and feel while they're kind of working for your company. So kind of just making sure that if you are running a remote team, you pay extra attention to building a culture throughout every layer of the company, you know, okay. from the way that you do planning, the way that you communicate with the team, there's so many different layers of it. So. Okay. okay, amazing. Um, I, I wish I had been there, but I actually missed it. So uh, sorry about that. But, uh, That's all right. Yeah, we got, we got to chat, chat, catch up now, which is great. Um, so for those who don't know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to introduce the, uh, the company that you currently represent. I, I, I also saw on your website that you've done numerous of, of startup uh, sort of endeavors and and, uh, and sort of uh, cool projects, but uh, you're the CEO of coworker.com, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a platform that's been name dropped by uh, Forbes, by Financial Times. Uh, your mission is to get the world co-working. Yes. And I like, I really <laughs> love that, that mission. So, so uh, perhaps um, you can kick us off by just telling us you know, uh, how, how did this whole thing come about? Yeah. Yeah. So I have been working remotely. So before Coworker, I've been working remotely, I think for about five years. And the first two years, I didn't know about co-working spaces. Yeah. And none of my friends, none of my friends were entrepreneurs or, or working remotely. So it yeah. was literally just me working out of cafes. It was so lonely and I got like depressed and isolated. It yeah. was just horrible. Yeah. And then I discovered co-working spaces yeah. and it was awesome. Like, oh my God, yeah. there's all these other people like me. Because yeah. I actually, yeah. like back then, I don't know, I didn't even know. When back then when was that was that like three eight, four years, eight years ago? ago oh eight years ago yeah okay. so you're pretty um, early then yeah and, and back then like i didn't even know that working remotely was a thing like yeah. i genuinely thought i was this weird unique individual that like weird stuff happened to and i could work remotely and um, turns out there's tons of people working remotely i just didn't know yeah um so yes and i started co-working but so i was living in southeast asia and i would move around quite you, a bit you were in vietnam right or at the time i was in kuala lumpur okay. um or at least to start with okay. um okay but I also did live in Vietnam, I lived in Thailand, lived in Hong Kong, lived in Singapore. Yeah. Um, and every time I went to a new place, I, well, the, the places where I have friends, I always knew which co-working space to work from because they'd be like, oh, hey, I work from, you know, Pun Space in Chiang Mai, yeah. come work here. So yeah. it was great. Yeah. But every time I moved to a new place, like especially when I moved to Hong Kong, yeah. I wasted about a week trying yeah. to find a co-working yeah. space because there were yeah. so many there. There's like 50 of them. Oh, really? I'm like, okay, but which one has like my kind of people, right? You yeah. know, the international yeah. crowd or yeah. the local tech startup scene. Like yeah. I want kind of yeah. like a dynamic environment. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, I'm sifting through all these individual websites and blog posts, and I'm like, why is it like, because you know, if you're looking for a place to sleep, you've got booking.com, you've got Airbnb, you've got TripAdvisor, yeah. but if you're looking for a place to work, yeah. there really isn't anything out there. And I'm like, yeah. why isn't there a yeah. platform where you can kind of see all the options, you can see people's reviews, you can see prices, photos, and just book it online. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
it started kind of as a passion project. I'm like, the world needs this. I want this. My friends want this. Uh, and then it, it blew up. And now you have like 9,000 uh, co-working, co-working spaces on yeah. the platform in 158 amazing. countries. That's We're actually the, the market leader now. and um, We're the biggest one globally. And um, we get about 100,000 users a month or just from organic traffic. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I mean, it's still early days, right? We've got <laughs> so far days. to grow. Um, like, yeah. There's so much stuff that we, we've got on the roadmap to, to build and the, the yeah. things that we're expanding into. Yeah. But it's it's really fun. And there's yeah. a, we're a team of uh, 19 now, um, 13 full-time, the rest are part-time, okay. all working remotely in uh, 11 countries. So Absolutely. it's a, a pretty fun experience. Fascinating. Okay, so um, yeah, so this this whole new wave of, of co-working, you know, uh, the first time I really heard about this and, and thought it was interesting was probably back in 20, this was this was after you obviously started 20, 2013, but there was something that happened at least in the, because I was living in Australia at the time, mm-hmm. and it, the co-working thing exploded in the, in the tech scene or, or in the sort of entrepreneur scene in Australia in 2013. 2013, 2014, and, and the exact same time, it exploded also in my hometown of Norway. So, mm. so there, there, there was definitely like something in that period of time, I think. And and now it feels like there's like a new working space popping up every mm-hmm. every second week, at least in the in the major cities. Where, what are you, what are your thoughts on where this is all going, and uh, and. And uh, why is it interesting? <laughs> All right, so you know, there's actually kind of like a few answers to that question. Mm, yeah. So co-working spaces attract. There's a few different types of people that use them, right? One is you know startups and yeah. companies that yeah. want that kind of flexibility, yeah. right? You don't know where you're going to be in eight months in yeah. terms of uh, team size. Um, so having an office and a co-working space makes a lot of sense yeah. because one, you can kind of expand and contract as you need to yeah. with a kind yeah. of flexible membership, yeah. but also it, it's just a lot cheaper, yeah. makes a lot more sense yeah. because you've got um, kind of a great environment around you. You don't need to worry about amenities and yeah. stuff, everything's yeah. taken care of. Yeah. So you've got that side of things. Yeah. And because there's so many more startups now, there's so many more s- small businesses opening up. There's so many kind of on that side of things that's growing, which is kind of one of the things that co-working spaces cater to. Yeah. But then you've also got the independent workers. You've got people becoming freelancers. You've got people kind of taking, you know, yeah. remote jobs and, 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 and contract like gigs. companies now are moving some of their workforces into co-working spaces. What do you, yeah. why do you think that is? And um, because they, re- well, it, it also it depends on, on which ones you look at. I mean, there's a lot of, um, I think Microsoft's team in, yeah. in Hong Kong, um, yeah. uh, they've taken, I, th- I, th- I might be wrong here, I think they've taken over a whole floor of WeWork. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which is crazy. I know, right? <laughs> but kind of, if you've got, if you're a big company and you want to have that core, um, that, that startup innovation spirit yeah. in a team, especially for teams that are doing kind of business development with smaller yeah. companies yeah. and you know, you're, you're doing something yeah. in, in that role that re- requires creativity and innovation. Yeah. They know that by putting them in a co-working space yeah. where they have this great environment and they're around other types of companies that they can kind of you talk to and be inspired by, mm. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so. yeah it does. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, what I find really exhilarating with, with spaces like this, it attracts all kinds of people. Um, and um, and all kinds of companies, I guess. What, what's been some of the unusual ways that um, you've seen people make a living as a remote worker in, in these places? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, the first thing that springs to mind, which is like, I don't even know if I should say it on a podcast. Somebody told me the other day, that they um, they used to, they don't anymore, okay. but they had an e-commerce website. I don't know if it was, no, it wasn't e-commerce website. Okay. They um, 
they basically sold their used knickers online. Really? There's, a, there's a demand <gasps> for it. Um, yeah. And so this girl was traveling the world yeah. selling her used knickers yeah. to a yeah. gentleman all around the world. Um, so that is a, probably the, the weirdest thing that Listen, I've heard of. That's, that's a thing. And, and not only, so in, in Norway, there was actually one girl who was in the newspaper and, and they, they, uh, her, her thing was used socks. So she would have <laughs> wool, wool, wool socks that she wore for like a day. Minimum uh -huh. was a day and then you would pay more if, if, if you will, she would wear them for a couple of days, right? You know, so that's crazy. There's so. something for everyone out there, isn't there? <laughs> um, and I think it's what, there's just such a huge variety in, yeah. in remote work now. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's kind of as a, a freelancer kind of doing a craft or whether you're an, you know, an entrepreneur kind of selling things online or, yeah. or building technology and um, there's just, you know, the world's your oyster now. Like, you yeah. can literally do anything. Yeah, and, and that's crazy. And it's really, and it's really changing. And we talked about that before, how that is sort of uh, appealing to the next generation, right? To the mm -hmm. millennials and, the, and um, you know, the, the need to not just be locked into like one employer, but, you know, um, be with several employers and, and have customers all over the world and be able to sort of move and travel. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on, on that kind of lifestyle? I mean, I love that kind of lifestyle. That yeah. was kind of, you know, before I started Coworker, that was pretty much, you know, my life. I had my, my own projects, my own e-commerce businesses, not selling used knickers online, I will just add. Um, <laughs> but then I also had a few different clients. So yeah. tech companies in, in the US that would do growth hacking for. Yeah. And I like kind of having a mixture of things because you get to learn so much more, especially, I really, enjoy, I, I don't do it anymore because of co coworkers full time, but I really enjoyed doing client work because there's always these new challenges. You know, yeah. you're going into somebody else's business yeah. um, and learning new things and seeing new ways that you can you know contribute to, to their growth yeah. so it's it's really fun yeah very cool um so um and, and, and at least i i do i uh, when when because uh, i also run a somewhat remote work sort of company and uh, we use a ton of tools to be able to just organize all that work right mm -hmm. um and we use uh, technology for video conferencing for taking notes for you know creating a, a leads list um you know managing counting just doing everyday business mm -hmm. what's been some of the m most interesting tools or sort of platforms that you've used in the in in, in recent times and you've seen people use yeah. uh, in the co-working space you know i feel oh in the co-working space um well in the in the space of a uh, core so, so not for like a remote teams. Yeah, and remote stuff. teams and you know, and stuff I think like we're. I feel like the best tools are the ones that everyone likes using, yeah. and I think you know, there's so many new tools that come out, but it's difficult to get people kind of um, engaged in using it. We've yeah. tried a few tools in the past that just didn't stick. Yeah. Um, so the ones that we use now are for project management. We use Basecamp yeah. uh, because we like working. Uh, yeah, I say we. Probably it started with me, right? I like working linearly, yeah, you know, with yeah, like kind yeah, of lists yeah, that you can yeah, check off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so although there's tons of you other tools out there like you know Trello, Asana, you know, Jira, and stuff like. For, uh, for me, I really like Basecamp. Yep. So I started yep. kind of pushing that with the team. The team kind of adopted it. And now we love Basecamp. Like every, we use Basecamp for everything for task management yep. because yep. Then we've got that kind of culture of ticking off tasks yep. as well, which is nice. Yep. And then um, for communications, we use Slack. Um, so we've got lots of different Slack channels in our account. You know, we've got um, hashtag cool stuff where we share kind of wins and cool stuff that we're all doing, sure. um, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, so we use that. And then for a lot of other things, we actually just use... Um, Google Drive things, so Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Forms. You know, we're we're pretty basic in that way. Yeah. Um, but I, are you a fully remote team? So fully remote, yeah. yeah. So you have people all over the world. Yeah, eleven countries. Yeah, and and how does that work, uh, or how has that been working? Do you, what's the what's your quick like pros and cons of having a remote organization? 
I say pros are, well, it always, like someone's always working, right? Someone's always online, um, which is good for you, know, the customer support side of things and community. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also good for the, um, on the tech and product side. I mean, our developers tend to be working while we're sleeping. Yeah. Wake up, review their work. Boom. You do like a list of you know, amends that need to be doing or yeah. you bug fixes that need to be doing. Then I go to sleep, they wake up and they do everything. You know, yeah. so it's got like a nice cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that works really, really well. Cons, and also another pro is, you know, sometimes, right, you're like, you're having a bit of a bad day, you know, you don't really want to go into an office. You don't want to, if you're a girl, you don't want to put your makeup on yeah. and like, you know, wear some nice clothes and go yeah. into an office. You literally just want to work from your bed. Yeah. But like a lot of companies wouldn't allow that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. if you're going to work from your bed, you're going to take a sick day. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're working remotely, if you're having one of those off days, you know, you don't have to take a sick day. You can just work from your bed. Yeah. No big deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a, a pro. Cons. You know, I go through phases where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a headquarters and everyone was here and we can all be, you know, like a yeah. kind of be a happy family in this one place. Um, so, you know, some of that, it's kind of like that grass is greener thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. honestly, I don't really see that many, as long as you've got good communication with everyone. And as a founder, you make an effort to really get to know everyone yes. and get an idea of kind of what their hopes are, their dreams are, their ambitions are, what they like doing, what they don't like doing. You've got to yeah. make sure that you know everyone in your team well enough yeah. to be able to, um, yeah guide their careers in a way within your company because i think if you're if you're in person if you're in, in an office you know you can read people's energy you can read people's faces yeah. you can get an idea if they're not happy yeah. and you do something to fix it yeah. but as a remote team you know you don't have that ability so yeah. you've got to find ways of making sure that you can keep track but, but how do you so i i guess a lot of uh empl employers who's, who's considering this like uh, how do we get remote teams in place and uh, you know how will that work in terms of us really understanding if they're doing some work or not right because mm. because the loss of control of not having them in a physical place what do you yeah. think about that or how, how have you done how do we do it yeah. um so two sides of it one is on the planning side so we have extremely detailed job descriptions for every single person's role okay. and this is a mistake that i made when i first started hiring is i didn't have very detailed descriptions um, and when you look at our job descriptions you know, it's a few pages long and we have the biggest sections actually for reporting and it shows exactly what metrics you have to report to whom and how often even going down to what time, you know, like if you're reporting these metrics, it's to your manager on a Friday at 6 p.m. Um, so having that kind of you know okay. thing in place, and then also we do um, what's called OKRs, so objectives, key results. So every yeah, that's quarter, Google's framework, right? Google's framework. Yeah, yep. So we yeah. started that last year, and it's worked really, really well for us. Okay. Um, so having kind of um, very focused goals for every single person on the team per quarter, mm -hmm. so they know kind of what they're working towards. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, having that reporting in place. But it's kind of, you've got to position reporting, not something that, because people don't want to feel micromanaged, yeah, right? That, yeah, so if you position reporting as, you know, it's got to be fun, it's got to be natural, it's got to be like, you've got to tap into that sense of ownership because yeah. you're giving people, when people work remotely, if they don't feel ownership and responsibility yeah. over their KPIs and their metrics, yeah. then that's when problems start happening. Yeah, yeah. So if you position reporting as something that, you know, is a great opportunity for them to share the great things they've accomplished that week, it works really well. Yeah. So, I, and I think that companies need to realize that they need to focus on results, yeah. not the amount of hours people are working. Yeah. You know, like I don't check how many hours people on my team are working. Yeah. All I care about is the results. Um, and you know, also if, as an employer, if you feel like somebody maybe isn't performing, maybe that's when you put in kind of daily reporting, but again, not positioning it as micromanaging, like, oh, you know, I'd love to get more visibility into this area, how things are doing. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. if you could just send, and you, you give them, not these long reports of paragraphs. I think if people are reporting paragraphs, then you're doing something wrong. It's gotta be like <laughs> a short, remove all the friction. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's just 
they've got one key number they just report in every day you yeah, know yeah. how if they're a customer support person how yeah. many tickets have they replied yeah, to yeah, a day you yeah, know like this, yeah. this if you feel like people are not working it's probably your fault as a leader yeah. either for not making sure they know what to do or not putting a framework in place yeah. that they feel like they should communicate with you yeah yeah, yeah. good point um, do you ever do like um, like physical meetups or are you... Uh, yeah, we actually did oh. a, um, a senior leadership team retreat earlier this year in Portugal. So okay. we flew um, the kind of senior managers from, oh, where do people fly from? The US, Canada, Thailand, um, Spain and Romania um, all came together um, for two weeks at a villa in Portugal. We did a lot of planning um, for next year. Um, it was really fun. Cool. And do you have like... So it's it's kind of a flat organization, but you have you have managers. So you have someone who's yeah. Sort of, that's something sort of, that I put in place in uh, November last year yeah. because I feel like I don't think I'm a natural manager, right? Like, and you kind of, I I, know, I was used to Most being. Most founders um, aren't. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, hi, they, they they hire a CEO. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I was was I was eh, I was always better as being kind of a number two, right? Yeah. Somebody else is the kind of the leader, and I'm the yeah. implementer. Yeah. And so it got to a point with coworker where we started hiring, having more people. And as somebody who's not, yeah, I don't think I'm a particularly good manager. I'm like, whoa! All of a sudden, I've got like all these people to manage, yeah. and it was really difficult. And yeah. also because at that time as well, I was very involved in the product side still. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying to do like my own work yeah. and manage people, it was yeah. so yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I restructured the company and I put um, three kind of senior managers in place. Um, okay and then some of the kind of people heading up at the department and it just, it's worked so well. And then it also, get, it trains people, it gives people an opportunity to learn management skills themselves. And yep. I think giving people the opportunity early on in their careers to develop yep. those skills yep. is really important. Yep. Um, and yeah, it just makes the whole team way more productive because I'm not a bottleneck anymore, so. <laughs> Good to know. Um, uh, so for, for people listening and if they actually do have a co-working space, um, how do they get on your platform and how can they sort of get involved in that? And, uh, yeah, so um, super easy, free to join Coworker. So you just kind of click on the, you know, add your space, add in the details. Uh, and then we actually do a manual review process because we only kind of allow official, like a proper co-working spaces on. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, usually is approved in 48 hours, yep. goes live. And then there's a few different features people can activate. So you can activate, um, if you want to offer a free day pass to get people through the door, you can do that. Schedule a tour, you can say what days and what hours people can come in for a tour. If yep. people are looking for private offices, yep. that's pretty common. Um, and then, yeah, the most important thing is to, to get member reviews. Like cause reviews are really kind of the heart of what Coworker is. We've got about, I think, 12, over 12,000 member reviews now of co-working spaces. And, um, really? Wow. Yeah, because the, there That's was cool. no, because when you think about this TripAdvisor for rep, uh, oh, restaurants yeah. and hotels, yeah, yeah. but the co-working spaces, there was yeah. nothing. Yeah. And we do uh, an annual awards every year, the Coworker Members' Choice Awards, based on member reviews. Um, do you so have any problems with like fake reviews or? or yeah, so we actually had, so um, when we did the awards this year, we had, I think it was like 52,000 or 58,000 votes. And of them, there were about, 12 spaces that paid for reviews they did fake reviews yeah. it was very easy to identify them though yeah. because you know, we have ip tracking on all on all yeah, the things okay, so we okay. can see okay why does this space in yeah i won't say the country because they'll they'll know i'm talking actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why is this space in puerto rico why does it have like 500 reviews from russia you know um so you can we kind of identified them and we scraped them and it actually ends because it was our first year doing the members choice yeah, awards yeah. and it was so much work than we thought because of this issue yeah, of yeah. fake reviews yeah, um yeah. There you but. go, like rigging, rigging elections and fake reviews. That's what they're good <laughs> <Right>. at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Leanne, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back to the Tech BBQ and you're probably going to be here a couple of more days. I am, well. yes. Going to enjoy this beautiful city that's Copenhagen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show.